Hello and welcome to Talking Club. I'm Karen Peterson and this is Emily Clark. Hello. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Good. Excited to be here talking with you as always. It's always the best when we get to talk and that's why we're doing a podcast about it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) How are things in your neighborhood? They're good. School's almost out. Oh, I've got motorcycles going by on the freeway. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know if you just heard that. That was really loud. I didn't hear it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we have a few fun things planned for summertime. It's fun. good. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. It'll be nice not having to deal with the the school, the school year. It's always nice to have a break, as you know, since you work at a school as well. So. Yeah, but you said something about a break. I don't know what that <laughs> word is. I don't I know, know what you mean. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we we don't get breaks in my job because we work year round and I have to work summer school. We do get Fridays off, but we make up for it by working a lot more on the other days. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Most pe- so. most people don't get a break from summer, so Right. But I thought, you know, working in education, I would and I do not. So. So, yeah. But I mean, I guess it's because I'm not a teacher. The teachers don't have to work. But I do. But that's okay. That's okay. I I do get time off once in a while. Like sometimes they'll let me leave a half hour early (laughs) if I ask really nicely. (laughs) Well, speaking of breaks, you need to come visit us soon. Right. I I do. And I will. I will. It, it, I don't know. This summer looks kind of crazy. There's going to be a lot going on. My sister's getting married. Very rude of her. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm so happy for her. I mean, they've been together for like 10 years. So it's, you know, it's time. (laughs) Time. That's exciting. Weddings are always fun. Weddings are fun. They're not always fun. No, that's true. (laughs) I regretted that as soon as I said that. But often they are. Yours was. Yours yeah. was a nice wedding. Yours was a beautiful, beautiful wedding on a beautiful, perfect day. It was, yeah, it was a nice day. Everything went the way we wanted. So I was yeah. pleased with it. Almost it six years ago. That's oh nice. my gosh. That's crazy. Has it really been that long? 16 years in July. Man, have I, I think I've known you for 20 years. Oh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would, well, I think I've, we've known of each other for 20 years, but I don't know exactly when we became friends. I think we met in fall of 2021. You mean 20 or 2001? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We we met in the future, Emily. We have yet to meet. Remember three months from now when we met for the first time. It almost, I almost couldn't say it. I was like, what year was 20 years ago? It was like 2000. (laughs) We never said 2001. No, it was was 2001. Right. Mm -hmm. 2001. That feels like forever ago. You know, okay. So let me say this. Let me say this. And I'm being genuine about this. And maybe I've already told you, but I remember probably maybe like we, like we said, so we went to the same church, we had similar friends, things like that, but we, we didn't hang out a lot. 
right? Mm -hmm. When we first met, but we knew of each other. And I remember at one point in time thinking, I need to get to know Karen. And like, it was, it was like, it was like, it was a genuine, like, need. Like I, you need to become friends with that person. And I think we, you came over to my house and we like watched a movie, which is kind of a weird thing for new people who don't know each other very well. Like come to my house and let's watch a movie. I don't remember what we watched. Do you remember that? But I don't. Okay. But well, it happened. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember it was more, it wasn't like this, this, um, just like, Oh yeah, we'll hang out. It was like, I need to get to know Karen. Karen needs to be my friend. And so anyway, I was thinking about that the other day and I, obviously that happened for a reason. We became, we had, we were roommates for a while. You introduced me to Dustin, who's now my husband and we've been. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when he makes me mad, I just curse you in my, you know, like, that's fair. But that doesn't happen very often because Dustin doesn't make me mad very often. <laughs> He's Which a pretty good egg. <laughs> he is. He is. And, you know, if if that ever changes, I've got you to blame. So it's a great situation. <laughs> I will accept that. <laughs> no. And we would have this conversation even if we weren't recording a podcast that Dustin would be listening to. I would be having this conversation with him right next to me. I mean, <laughs> I don't really say anything to you that I wouldn't say to him, you know, so yeah. it's, all, it's all fair. Yeah. All fair. <laughs> well, I am glad that we're friends and yeah. I am so glad that we have known each other. You, you officially, not age wise, but you officially are my oldest friend. I don't think you know that. Wow. Yeah. I am not older than you. So yes, I'm glad you pointed that out. (laughs) I mean, I have friends that are older than me, but I have known them far less time than I've known you. So it's funny how, how things just work out. So, Mm -hmm. cause even after you moved back to California, we still be, you know, stayed or stayed in touch and, you know, obviously as social medias come about and texting and smartphones. And I mean, did we, I mean, we had texting back then, but it's just more mainstream and it's easier to stay in contact than it was in 2001. So yes. (laughs) One of the things I love about, about you and about our friendship is that we like, there were times where we went months without any contact at all. Um, I think maybe at one point it was even over a year possibly. And as soon as we talk again, it's like, no time has passed. We're we're those kinds of friends. It's like, we can just pick up, like we're in the middle of a conversation. Right. I remember the last time you came to my house, you know, it had, it was, when was it? Uh, last time I was there, I think was, was it earlier? Any, it was earlier this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. And you walked in the door, you know, you just done this, you know, 12 hour driver, however long. And I was just like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I mean, it was just like, come on in, you know, I mean, and I remember thinking maybe I should make it like a little bit more exciting when she arrives, but I'm like, but no, no, it's just, it just was like, it really is like no time has passed. And I think that it, that's just really nice to have have a friendship like that, you know, because 
as you get older, friendships change. Like the, the amount of time you can spend with a, with a friend changes. I feel like you have to plan things. It just doesn't come as easily or as unexpectedly as it does when you're a kid. And that's, and that's fine in my opinion, you know, because that's just life. And so to be able to just pick up where you left off and, and just move forward without, Hey, it's been too long since we've seen each other or, you know, any of that, it's, it's very refreshing. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, thank you. So are you ready for today's topic? Let's, let's do it. All right. Today we will be talking about jobs jobs so okay. emily tell me about your job wait well hold on what are our rules <laughs> oh yes our rules our, our rules. rules you know no you know the rules no naming political parties except the peace and freedom party okay no feeding the raccoons and no shoes on the carpet okay i like that rule that is a legitimate rule in my house as well as we don't talk you know we don't talk politics in my house if you know me Politics is never comes up unless it is the Peace and Freedom Party. So I can live with this, except for the raccoons. That's going to be a little challenging for me. Raccoons are just so cute. And they just look at you with those those eyes. And they just, you know, please give me food. And I will not eat your face. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can live with that. I can live with that. Can I I say the the names of those political parties one more time before the rules go into effect? Uh, I think the rules are already in effect. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Peace and freedom only. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So jobs. How how will you start with this one, Karen? I think I started the last one. Well, I have a couple of jobs. We've already talked about one of them. I work at a school and that's fun. Sure. Uh, (laughs) No, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a job. It's great. Uh, I enjoy the people that I work with and I enjoy helping students, which is not the main part of my job. The main part of my job is to find people to help students. Um, but yeah, I, I mostly like people. It's going to be weird to go back in person. I've been working in my house by myself all day long for 14 months and seeing people in three dimensions again is going to be a little weird, but I'm looking forward to it. Yes. My other job, I'm a film critic, which also involves people and is more and less fun. <laughs> right. Well, and as your work as a film critic has allowed you to meet a lot of famous people, right? I have met some celebrities, yes. Do you want to do some name dropping? Oh man, do I sound like a jerk when I do that? I don't know. I, okay. I don't think so. I mean, it's just part of your work. You just so happened to walk next to Sterling K. Brown and get your Oh, he's kissed me on the face. What? <laughs> oh yeah. How? I what think I think out of okay, so <laughs> this is a topic for another time, but like about his show that he's on, right? Mm-hmm. And I won't get into how I feel about that, but I have seen some of his other work. And even though I'm not really, you know, I'm not really well versed in all of his work when I saw your picture with him I was just like okay yeah yeah that that's really cool Sterling K Brown (laughs) like I I, I'm a little bit jealous most of the time I'm just like oh yeah another day another celebrity Karen met whatever you know (laughs) but Sterling K Brown I was like 
Oh man, that yeah. was, that's a good one. <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So I've, I've met him twice. Um, okay. The first time, the time that he kissed me and it was not like that he's married and he was like waiting for his wife to show up. Um, but uh, he and his wife is amazing and beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was at a it was at the season two premiere of This Is Us, the biggest show on network television. I'm not going to say on television, but on network television. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was the premiere. They had this. It was my first time getting invited to a something like this um because i was i had been with my website which is gone now um for a couple of years and we were just starting to get invited to stuff like that and it was really cool and so we watched the premiere they had a q a and then i got to stay for the after party and that's where you meet people it's not at usually at the events themselves it's at the parties afterwards okay. and um so the whole cast was there except Milo Ventimiglia, who is still the only main cast member I have never met from that really? show. Mm -hmm. Does yep. he not like those types of events or was he busy? Yeah, he usually doesn't stick around for them. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't like them or if it's just because like that particular night he was whisked away because he was doing an interview like down the street at Jimmy Kimmel, I think. Oh, okay. um, but but yeah, like other times, like he just like everyone just oh milo left <laughs> so it's like right. i don't know if he ever sticks around for them i've heard he has some like social anxiety and stuff but i don't know that's sometimes just an excuse for not wanting to mingle with the plebes you know right. <laughs> but um it's so interesting that someone with a job like that could be you know that wouldn't want to be around other people it's really interesting you hear about that a lot like celebrities who mm -hmm. you know are a little bit more private or don't do other things. I don't know what all the, the words are, but, and I just think to myself, but you're like a world famous celebrity, but you know, but it's just, it's their work. It's their art. It's their craft. It's not necessarily yeah. their personality. Yeah. It's weird how people who will put themselves, their faces on a screen that, you know, in a project that will make a billion dollars or, um, will, you know, just be on every television and is the talk of everything that they're still like intensely private. That happens right. a lot. And it's like, it, it, there's, yeah, there's this kind of weird disconnect. It's like Barbara Streisand. Sorry, now we're going off topic. Dang it. Gotta bring it back. Gotta bring um, it back. Because I have not met Barbara Streisand, so she has nothing to do with my job right now. Uh, <laughs> but Sterling, so it was at this after party and I was going around meeting everyone and I walked up to him and he was on the phone trying to tell his wife how to get to the location we were at. And he looks right at me and he goes, I will be with you in just a minute. And I was like, okay. And so I'm waiting. And then he hangs up the phone, gives it back to an assistant. And he just goes, you now have my undivided attention. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I said, I just wanted to tell you, because this is about a year after he had won the Golden Globe for The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh -huh. So I told him, I just want to tell you how much I loved your work in that show. Christopher Darden is someone I always really admired, and you just did him justice so much. And he just grabs me. And he's just <laughs> like, thank you so much. And he like kisses me on both cheeks. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so then we just chatted for a minute and I told him, you know, I love your work on This Is Us. And and um, 
and yeah so he was just super sweet he smiles his like five million dollar smile and then he he hugs me again and i'm just like ah and his assistant sees my like oh my gosh i can't believe this is happening face and she's like do you want a picture and i was like oh my gosh yes so uh so yeah so that was how that that's the story behind that picture nice <laughs> so. it was a good it was a good picture yeah good, you should yeah. share it again if you haven't maybe recently. i will yeah yeah so that that was a fun one i have met a lot of celebrities it's funny because I get starstruck, but I'm usually pretty good at, at pretending I'm not. Like I can just walk up to Robert De Niro and be like, hey, Robert De Niro. Um, <laughs> even though in my mind, I'm like, holy crap, this is Robert De Niro. <laughs> and oh, and actually it's funny because my my old bishop at church, um, he just had no concept of what I did. And then one day after church, we were having you know lunch or whatever, like our whole group. And, um, I was sitting at the same table as him and we were talking and, uh, he said, he said, I heard you were at something last week for some new movie with Robert De Niro in it. And I said, oh yeah. And I pulled out my phone and I showed him the picture of me with Robert De Niro and he just about died. He was so really? like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, that was where I think it finally clicked for him what I do right. <laughs> and right. and that I'm actually like entrenched in in this whole other world and it's it's not like I'm friends with any of these people I do have a couple of celebrities phone numbers in my phone please don't hack my phone to get them they're not super exciting people um <laughs> but uh but you know like occasionally you get these phone calls from publicists. They're like, okay, you're going to do an interview with this person. Here's their number. So could you just call them directly? That's not usually how it happens. Usually they set it up. They connect the call. It's very private. You have no access to okay. them after that, but every yeah. once in a while they send you someone's phone number. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So do you yeah. have Sterling K Brown's phone number? I do not. Okay. I do not. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, it was worth asking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had that number, I'd be texting him all the time and he would probably change it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably very true. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Karen, let me mm -hmm. ask you this. For okay. anybody who is interested in being a film critic, what would you suggest they start doing? Uh, first, I would suggest they start watching a lot of movies, not okay. just current movies, old movies, like learn some film history because that's one of the biggest frustrations I see is people not knowing the history. And there's difference between a film critic and a film influencer. A lot of people getting into film today and film criticism, they think they're critics, but really they're just like, this movie's great and you should watch it. And it's always movies that are about now and they have no cultural context or very little of that, no okay. history and, and that kind of thing. And it's very frustrating. Criticism is really about uh, interpreting and 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 not not just interpreting, but really being able to dive into the themes of a of a movie, um, the the theories behind you know the way that an actor works, or you know to talk about things that we've talked about a few times, like cinematography and and the way that the film is is put together, right. And being able to contextualize that for an audience and really being able to talk about how it is affected by culture, by the context, by the time in which it was made, 
all of those things. Criticism is a lot deeper than just, yeah, this movie is good or right. bad. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because as I have watched you over the years kind of evolve in this work, it, it it's definitely more than just that's good or mm-hmm. that's not really good or they did a good job acting there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more than just who's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. And there's a lot of things that you can you can tell about intention. And, you know, one of the things actually that drives me crazy, like recently there was a trailer for a new movie. I'm not going to name the movie, but it's one of my passions is is really talking about women in film on screen and off screen. And um, there's a a movie that is an all female like lead cast there's like a bad bad man who's villain but it's this movie all about women and it's like oh yeah this looks like a lot of fun this is a great um great cast i love this i want to see this movie and then you start looking at it it's directed by a man written by two men produced by nine men and one woman as the executive producer which means she just like put in a bunch of money she might have had some influence on it but usually the executive producer is not the one that's like really in the day-to-day trenches of the creation of that that project and then yeah and then it's like edited by a man the cinematographer is a man the original score is done by a man the production design is done by a man it's like this movie was made by men i don't it's great that it's about women and it's got all these women on the screen but it's made by men so we're going to wait and, and see how they do. And that does not mean that it's going to be sexist, but it also means that there's a chance of that on accident, no matter how good their intentions are. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have to, so to be able to really critique film as art, you have to take all of those kinds of things into consideration too. Right. And it is, it is an art. It is, you know, for, for us, for me, at least, it's a form of entertainment and, you know, usually just something to do for fun, nothing too serious. But for these people that are making it, it's their craft, it's their art, it's their mm-hmm. career. And it's it's interesting for me to think about somebody who, you know, that thinks, oh, I want to make film. And that that's really exciting to think about that and to be able to have that come to fru- fru- t- fruition fruition the past whatever <laughs> um just because i think too often we don't view movies as something that is that is a cultural thing like mm-hmm. you know and i mean and to be fair there's a lot of really dumb movies out there i feel like <laughs> you know maybe not that you would say are art but but maybe but maybe they are at the same time i don't well, know all movies are art film is an art form but That's- just like with painting and sculpture, some art is just bad. Well, and I feel like the last 10, 12 years of my life has been watching kid movies. Mm. You know, when we go, when I go to a movie theater, it's usually to see the latest Disney or Pixar movie. And so there's, I know there's like a lot of film that I've missed over the years. Every once in a while, I'll go to one with friends, but so I just, I feel kind of removed from what's really good right now. There's so. some really good animation though. Animation is, is a medium. It's not a genre. 
Um, yeah. People call it a genre, but that is not correct. Um, but it is a medium that yields some really amazing art. You know, Moana is a beautiful movie, regardless of my feelings about the story. That is a gorgeous film. Yeah. Coco, stunning, soul, absolutely beautiful. Wolfwalkers, beautiful, beautiful movies with just incredible artwork that goes into them. So, right. yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah. you you know, your day job working at the school is very important. You've been there for how long? Uh, 14 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a long time. <laughs> your exciting job as a film critic. So I'm excited to see where you go with that job. Well, thank you. So tell okay. me about your job, Emily. Okay. So I feel like this is a hard question for me to answer because I am a mom. That's so an just, important job. Some so would say, say it's the most important job. Some would say that, yes. And I would, so just for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to talk about my job that I do outside of my house. How's that? I'm not <laughs> going to ignore the fact that I have children and that they are very important to me. But I do also have a job working outside of my home that has nothing to do with my children. So I work at an elementary school. So both of us are, you know, educators. <laughs> yes. I, and I just work part time at a school. I don't work at my children's school. I specifically did not want to work where they go to school just to kind of keep that separation. I didn't want them seeing me and I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to be there while they're at school. That's their time and their place. And so I work with kids grades K through six help them with their reading. I also am an ESL tutor. Interesting fact, I do not speak any other languages. I am language language challenged. You are monolingual. Yes. And I do I I had to take Spanish to pass high school. I don't know how I passed that class. <laughs> I have very little memory of Spanish, but I did somehow manage to pass and graduate. And I have never taken a language class since then. But so when I was, I was kind of asked or, you know, offered the position of being an ESL tutor. And I said, well, I don't speak another language. And uh, the principal that I work with said, no, you don't need to. And so I think that might be a little, a misconception about the ESL department is that you have to speak another language. That's um, good to know. Most, yeah. Because most of the kids that you work with, at least that I work with are, you know, they, they understand English very well. The reason why they're in the program is because there might be another language spoken in their home or English is their second language or whatever the case may be. And then that qualifies them to have a little extra instruction in English anyway. So it's fun. I just work part-time. I, I take my kids to school. I go to work. I finish up work, run a few errands, and then I go get my kids. And because we, I work for the school district, our schedules are the same as far as when we have days off or, or things like that. And then I don't work during the summertime. So it's really nice job. I really, I really like it. So there are tons and tons of job openings in school districts. So if you are looking for a job and have an interest in education, that's a good place to start. If you have an interest in education and are not necessarily looking to be a teacher, because this is something that I talk to a lot of people about with my day job, um, 
I, I do not teach. I am in charge of a program or a center, I guess. Um, teachers are in charge of programs and uh, staff are in charge of the actual location <laughs> that those programs happen in. Right. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I talk to, I talk to people a lot who seem to think that it's, it's the faculty, it's the teachers that have the biggest impact on students. And that's important, but so much more of education happens outside of the classroom, especially when you get into secondary and post-secondary right. school, because the teachers spend so little time with those students. And so it's like when I have instructors who think they know so much about this student who they see three hours a week. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that student's been in my office for three hours today. (laughs) So, you know, it's like you and, and yeah. And it's not, I'm not trying to take anything away from teachers. They have a really important job and they do great work. Um, But what happens is we tend to put the focus when we talk about educators, we put the focus on the teachers and not on the support staff that actually it's, it's kind of like nurses and doctors. Everyone talks about doctors. Nobody focuses on the fact that it's the nurses doing all the work. Right. Right. Exactly. The doctors come in for a few minutes give their diagnosis and then leave. Mm-hmm. And then the nurser, the nurses, <laughs> I told you, I don't know. I'm not good with languages. <laughs> the doctor or the nurses kind of do the rest. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. In education, I would say in elementary school, the teachers definitely are with the students the most way more than in secondary and in college and things like that. Um, but yeah, but afterwards, yeah, you don't get to know your teachers all that well. Yeah. Um, I mean, in some situations, like in elementary school, the teachers kind of do spend more time with kids than even their parents do, just especially if parents are working full-time out of the house and stuff. It's kind of weird to think about that, (laughs) but, uh, but once, yeah, but, but once you get past that, um, teachers don't spend that much one-on-one time with students, especially in college. They, they only spend one-on-one time with a student if the student goes to their office hours. And that's rare because I have students that will tell me like, well, I don't want to go talk to my teacher because I don't, I don't want them to know that I don't know this. It's like, that's literally their job. Go talk to them. I know it's weird. And going, what you said about, you know, teachers potentially seeing kids more than the kids as parents. It's so true. I remember one of the times I went into my daughter's school and I don't know, she may have been in first grade. I think it was like one of the first times that she was in school full time, you know, the full seven hours versus the short kindergarten. And I was just kind of walking around and she was showing me things. And I just thought to myself, you have this whole life here in this building and that I have, that I am not a part of It's It was just a very weird realization that she goes to school and spends her time with all these people and I'm not there. So I, you know, it's not a bad thing, you know, and obviously teachers communicate with us and with parents and things like that. Um, But it's, but for the most part, you know, like her, their experiences day in and day in and day out are, I'm not there. I'm not a part of it. So it's, it's theirs. And that's how it was when I was growing up and how you were, how it was when you were Mm -hmm. growing up, you know, school is just your parents aren't there. So yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's yeah, I never really thought about it that way because when it's your own experience, you just don't really think like, oh wow, I've spent more time with Mrs. Draper or whoever. That's one of my teachers um, from many years ago. My second grade teacher, she was awesome. Um, but yeah, it's like you spend more time with them than your parents sometimes, but you don't really think about it in the moment. No. So, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. necessarily. It doesn't. It's not really a problem. I no. wouldn't say it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, my husband spends way more time during the waking hours with at work than he does at home. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year when he was working at home, when we were all home, I mean, I I think I said to him, I go, I think this is the most time we've ever spent together, ever. You know, as a family, just because when, you know, he works a lot and it, you know, you just, but you have to just really take advantage of those few hours that you have and it all works out. Yeah. But even then he was like closed away in his office, right. Doing actual work and right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but it, but I, it was, it's just interesting to think about how, you know, like the people that you are closest with, a lot of times you don't see the most you don't see it very often you know it's true I mean my parents yeah my parents don't live very far away from where I live and I don't see them a whole lot we we talk or we text and stuff like that but we don't necessarily see each other a lot Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting yeah kind of funny how that works out yeah so what is a funny job you had a long time ago a funny job I had a long time ago. I've never really had a funny job, but I did have a soul-sucking, mind-numbing job as a telemarketer. That was terrible. I used to... So when I first moved to Utah, I was working at a company that did telemarketing. It's well-known in Utah, but I'm not going to name it because they don't deserve the free publicity. And I had to be at work at 630 in the morning and I would leave my house at six ish and I would drive to work very early in the morning. And every single day I had to drive over this bridge to get there. Like, well, it wasn't a bridge. It was an overpass on the freeway. And I would think, hmm, if I crashed on the side of this bridge, I wouldn't have to go to work today. Oh, no. (laughs) It probably wouldn't have been enough to kill me. Just it would hurt, you know, and I would get out of work for at least a day. I mean, that sounded kind of worth it. (laughs) Well, and you, we worked, we worked for the same company for a time as well. (laughs) We did for a couple of years. And I never wanted to drive into a bridge when I worked there, but there were times when I would really pray for like, a cyber attack or something that would shut down the computers and the phones and we would not have to work. Yeah. There were a few times when the power went out and it was like Christmas morning, you know, best. I mean, we had to pay for it afterwards because we would get backed up and, you know, have to make up for the work. But Mm -hmm. I remember, so yeah, we, we won't give too many details, but at this job we did, we took incoming calls Yes. Big incoming calls. So it was we were a 24 hour customer service center. <laughs> yes. And I remember it was a Saturday and for whatever reason, we didn't have headsets. Do you remember that? We just had regular phones. 
Oh that yeah. Had, that had those like shoulder rest. Things. Yes. <laughs> those were the worst. I know. I don't know why we didn't have, I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway. And so I it's remember that company, they were cheap bastards and that's why they don't yeah. exist anymore. <laughs> I think we may have gotten them after this day though. Cause it was a really bad day. And my shift was from, I want to say 3 PM to 11 PM. So it was an eight hour shift all of our systems were down. Well, yeah, all of the systems were down. And so transactions had to be entered manually. Do you remember this day? Remember this day? It sounds familiar. Like our wait times were at least an hour. And I I was on the phone for eight straight hours. And I I had my head tilted because that was, I didn't have a headset. And I mean, look, thinking back on that, I'm like, how did we even get through that? Because on a normal day, it was rough working there. It was a rough industry. And we dealt with a lot of really, mm, what's the word to use to describe? Cantankerous. <laughs> a colorful people. How's that? <laughs> Everything from their personalities to their language. Let's just say I have been called every single name in the book. I have been threatened. My life has been threatened numerous times. Um, good times, you know. The most are- fun thing is when you're on those calls and they demand a, ma- a supervisor and you're like, well, today's your lucky day because I am the supervisor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so anyway, yeah, it was, I don't, just looking back on them, I'm like, how did I sit on the phone for eight hours with my head tilted I mean, how did I do that? Why? Well, that's the thing about jobs is we do, we, we tend to not even think about it. Like you just do what the job requires and then they give you a little bit of money for it. (laughs) It's just kind of the nature of how jobs work. Right. And that was one of those jobs that if, that if you had a good crew working with you, it could be really fun. It was, you know, it was a job that was perfect for that time in our lives. When we were going to school, I didn't want a full-time job. My priority was getting through my education and just working a few hours every day was perfect, you know? And then I would work a big long shift on Saturdays or Sundays or something like that. So, but I mean, I mean, I mean, all of the craziness and crappiness aside there, we have a lot of good memories and it's not just like some of the people that we met because there were a few people, regulars that called in that we would talk to that, you know, I'm sure you're thinking of them right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Maybe we should add that up. <laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, man named Carol. I didn't know until I worked there that men could be named Carol. So there you go. You learn something every day. Because you never heard of Carol O'Connor. Well, I, yeah, you know, but you think of Carol O'Connor, it's like one fluid word. It's not like his true name is Carol, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, it's almost, it's a stage name, not an actual name. But the thing about, the thing about Carol was his voice. He had a very deep, just rough sounding voice. And when you would (laughs) consider that his name was Carol... It just, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, so we're, it's especially funny because Carol is my mom's name. I know. I know. (laughs) And she is very not rough or deep. No, she's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, she's a deep thinker. She just doesn't speak deeply. (laughs) Well, why would she? This was definitely, you know, 
a male voice. Oh yes. Voice. Mm -hmm. So, so lucky that we were able to meet and talk to so many wonderful people. What was the word you used? (laughs) Cantankerous. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I don't, you know, what's up? No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and you know, one day we may have this come up on a future episode that may be one of the topics that comes up is fond memories of the job that we worked together because I've got many. Many, many fond memories. Mm-hmm. Many fond memories. And a f- I think you're the only per. well, sorry, besides my husband, <laughs> I think you're really the only person that I kept in touch with. Yeah. So I met, so you started working there. And Mm -hmm. then Dustin started working there and you two Mm -hmm. became friends. And then you and I were roommates and then I started working there. So it was just one big, anyway, so that's, I guess. It's very incestuous. Yeah. Except for that we weren't actually related. related. (laughs) I don't know how I would describe it. I don't know if I should say I met Dustin at work or if I met Dustin through you. You met him through me because I brought him home a couple of times. Before I started working Mm -hmm. there? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You know, so work is work, you know, it's a necessary evil, but if you manage to find something that you enjoy, then that's great. It makes it a lot more tolerable, especially Mm -hmm. when you work in a school and they don't pay you a whole lot of money. No, they don't. They don't. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I get paid to do this. And then sometimes I'm like, wow, I get paid to do this or I get paid (laughs) this much, you know? Yeah. So depending on the day, but it's one of those things working um, is similar to being a parent, I would say, because like you can have a horrible month, 11 months, and then one thing will happen that is really good. And it just makes up for everything else. It's almost like all the other bad things just like disintegrate. And you're like, wow, that happened, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so then that keeps you going. So it's fun. That is true. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So So jobs. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. (laughs) I enjoyed learning more about your jobs. Yeah. And yeah. And yours too. So if you would like to find us on social media and keep the conversation going and talk to us about your jobs, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Talking Club Pod. And I think I inflected that a little bit weird, but I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, where can people find you on social media? Okay, so not on Instagram, but I am on Twitter at eclark730. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram because I like showing pictures of myself and my fun job and Sterling K. Brown (laughs) at Karen M. Peterson. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.